Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast so you get every episode automatically every week. Be sure that you are receiving the weekly e-newsletter about the podcast, too. I only send you an email once a week, no spam, and you only need to put in your email address, no other information, at nhte.net. Also, if you have questions or comments that you'd like to send to me, the email address is podcast at nhte.net. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player who just released an EP less than two weeks ago. He has performed in notable venues such as the Bitter End and Rockwood Music Hall in New York, as well as the Hotel Cafe in Los Angeles, and he has even performed at stadiums and arenas such as Nationals Park and the Staples Center, respectively. Plus, he has even performed in France. He had more than 53,000 streams of his music last year on Spotify, despite not putting out any new releases in 2019, which you'll hear us talk about. You've been hearing a song of his called Born to Love My Dream. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Mike Burke. Hey, Bruce. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, everybody out there. Yes, Mike, good to have you here. Thanks for making time for this. Let's start off by having you tell the listeners all about the song that we were just playing called Born to Love My Dream. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Born to Love My Dream, I actually uh, wrote that in a hotel room in Orlando. Um, I was, I was, I was uh, in Florida. I, I was going to catch a flight the next morning and, um, you know, it's, it's really a song about, I guess, uh, life and relationships and how, um, you know, sometimes being on the road is, uh, not completely conducive to relationships, you know, sometimes. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of about that really just following what, what draws you, you know, what, what you're pulled to and, uh, and, and being okay with that kind of understanding that those, um, you know, the, the, your passions and that sort of thing in life, you, you should follow those. And if you do that, then the rest will kind of fall into place. So it sounds like you're saying you were born to love this dream of, in your case, a music career, as opposed to being born to love somebody and be in a relationship. It's almost like this is this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to be. Correct. Correct. Yep. That's hit the nail on the head right there. <laughs> so for your information, I am actually in Tampa which means that when I hear someone talk about Orlando, I think, well, that's just around the block for me. That's an hour away. (laughs) So I guess what were you doing in Orlando? And, you know, was whatever you were doing there, did it have any connection to you coming up with the song in your hotel room? Uh, Yes, it did. I I was actually, I had a a business down there of flipping houses. Um, I was actually living in Los Angeles at the time, which is a a fun commute to Los Angeles to Orlando, but I, I kind of split my time between Orlando, uh, the Melbourne on the, the East coast of Florida area and uh, Los Angeles. Um, so I had a business there where I was, you know, flipping houses and that sort of thing. And I, I took a kind of a break from music and I just kind of realized that, um, you know, I, and I ended up leaving, uh, you know, the, the business ended that kind of thing. And I was just like, you know, I'd, it just kind of, I really realized that I was really pulled to do music. So I, I decided to go back to that. You know, I realized that, 
sometimes you have to take a step back from things to realize that it's something you truly want to do. You wow. know, truly we're meant to do. Wow. Wow. Well, a true songwriter at heart, because no matter what you're doing, there's always something kicking around that <laughs> forces you to put pen to paper, as they say. And lo and behold, this this flipping house's uh, appointment, let's call it of yours, <laughs> led to a song <laughs> idea. Not surprisingly. Right. right exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, listeners, after we finish this interview, Mike and I are going to continue talking in bonus content that will only be available exclusively through the Patreon for this show. You get to hear more from the guests. You get to hear some behind-the-scenes type stuff from me. You get to hear a little more lighthearted, more personal conversation. And this is all only 5 bucks a month. There are currently 24 audio files up there. So Mike Burke will be number 25. And you can gain access to all those bonus conversations by going to the show website, nhte.net, and hitting the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button to go sign up. You'll also then automatically get access to all the bonus recordings that come out every week thereafter. If you get the weekly e-newsletter, as I mentioned in the intro, or if you saw the post that I put across social media a couple weeks ago, my application for the COVID-19 relief that the government was giving to small businesses was rejected because they told me it was only being given to agriculture businesses. So with regards to Patreon, you're not only getting bonus content every week, but your $5 a month does help me with the expenses that I have for doing this show every week. Just go to nhte.net and use the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button to go sign up for all the bonus audio. Mike, I mentioned in the intro that you just released a new EP. Congratulations on that. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, tell the listeners about it in terms of who you worked with on it, you know, songwriting-wise, producing-wise, and where it was recorded. Sure, sure, absolutely. Uh, my The the songs pretty much on these, I actually wrote them all myself. Uh, this was before, I was living in Los Angeles at the time, and um, I, I didn't really know a lot of songwriters out there. Um, so I, I, I kind of wrote these all, all myself. And um, I, they were produced in Memphis, actually, with my, my cousin. Uh, my cousin, I'm, I'm from Boston originally, and my cousin, we used to live in a two-family house we were born in, and he was above and I was below. Um, so he actually moved to Memphis probably about 15 years ago. Uh, he's a worship leader there and produces new music and plays music. And uh, I had these ideas for songs, and I, before I moved to, to Nashville, I, I asked him, I was like, you know, let's let's collaborate on him. So we, uh, so yeah, I went to Memphis, and we um, he produced all these songs, and my younger sister, who lives in Nashville, who's also a singer, she sings backup on all of them. So that incredible uh, voice you hear on, uh, on 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 in the backup singing is my younger sister. So to to be clear, then, so you recorded in Memphis. Correct. Okay. Yep. Okay. I had to laugh when you said uh, about the two family home and um, that <laughs> that he lived because I'm thinking of the expression, you know, we're all we're all created equal. Nobody is above anyone. It's like, well, technically, <laughs> technically, I am above you, Mike. I live upstairs. Right. <laughs> and, and and he will tell me that we're, we're actually born a month apart, so he's a month older. Wow. But I'm taller, so it's kind of a you know it's a give and take thing there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Good stuff. But I take it that now that you're in Nashville, I take it that you're. Because you mentioned that all the songs you wrote by yourself, I take it that now that's all changed, and now you're doing co-writes, co-writes, co-writes all over oh, town. Yes, yes, very much so. Once once you get to Nashville here, it's a and I I, I co-wrote you know maybe once or twice in Los Angeles, but it, it wasn't 
um, as big really as it is here. And it's just, it was amazing moving here and just everyone is so welcoming. And, um, you know, you're probably right you know, four or five songs a week or more with, with different people. And it's mm. just, it's such an experience and it's really, um, I've learned so much, you know, I, I'm just soaking everything up and, um, it's really improved my writing and just writing with other people. It's just such a, just an amazing way when you, you know, first introduce yourself, you know, I have never met you before, but let's, you know, uh, delve into our uh, deepest, darkest and then write about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm kind of picturing this, this dimly lit room where you and somebody <laughs> on behalf of the city of Nashville are talking and it's very lighthearted and all of a sudden it gets serious and the person leans in and says, <laughs> Mike, you realize now that by moving here, you cannot write songs by yourself. You you do know right. that, right? <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It, it is fun to, um, to it's I love writing for other people and it's still great sometimes to write, you know, by yourself. But predominantly it's absolutely writing with, with, with other folks and you write different kinds of music, you know, pop country, um, blues, you know, mm. di- different things. So it's, it's great. But on a serious note, so have you found that in Nashville, you know, maybe you will start a, a good chunk of a song by yourself, but then bring it to a co-write and say, Hey, you know, this is something I'm working on. I, I, I'd love some help with it. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, I, that certainly happens. There's, it, it kind of, um, sometimes you'll think of a melody and bring it to it. Sometimes I'll have a, you know, a few song ideas, like a, like a, a verse down and, and sometimes it'll be, I'll go in and, uh, you know, take the songwriter role and not so much the artist side and be like, you know, what do you have? You know, like what's, mm. what are you working on? Do you want to have anything you want to, um, you know, touch upon or explore more that kind of thing. So it's fun to kind of wear both hats really. Well, we got off track a little bit there, and it's okay. We were starting off talking about the EP. I asked a similar question on last week's show, but Mike, the song that we played during the intro, as well as the track we're going to play at the end of today's show, were released as singles three weeks apart in April, and then the EP was released on May 29th. This is a teaching moment for anybody who's listening right now that is an aspiring performer. Explain, Mike, the strategy behind releasing those two singles three weeks apart in April, even though they would still be two of the four songs on the EP released at the end of May. Right, right. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty much that it's, you know, we live in a time now where it's really difficult to have for anyone to really sit through an album. You know, it's, it's really our, our attention spans. There's so much, you know, so many shiny things, I guess you could say that it's, you know, putting things out sporadically, you know, it's when, when myself and my team, uh, looked at this as, as a whole, you know, we tried to figure out what the best strategy was and kind of leaking, you know, one song out and then waiting a little bit, letting folks digest it, that sort of thing. And then, mm. you know, then kind of, you know, a couple of weeks after being like, Oh, by the way, here's another song coming up and like, Oh, great. And then, you know, kind of build a buzz for that. And then after, you know, the second song, um, you know, it, it, it kind of leaves people wanting and that sort of thing. And then, um, you know, once you release the EP, keeping those two songs on there, it's kind of like, you know, when you listen to, or when you like, for, for instance, for me anyway, I, this is the way I, I think of it. When I go to a restaurant, sometimes, most of the time, I'll order the same thing because I know it's good. I I love it. You know, I really enjoy it. But maybe I'll change up the appetizer. You know, mm-hmm. so it's you, you want to you you keep them on there because you want to have some. You know, people will like these songs. You know, you know they already do. Um, but maybe you know throw them a couple others because it's you know kind of an appetizer something new and hopefully they'll enjoy them as well and it's it's really kind of the whole album's kind of a story and we kind of put out the first two songs where you know kind of pieces to the story really yeah i like that approach because it sounds to me like you're describing some familiarity meaning some comfort 
But then also the flip side is someone's going to discover that EP in and of itself, and they're not going to have been exposed to the two singles for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So there is going to be this body of work where they're going to say, this is all new to me. And there's going to be people who are listening to this episode. We've been blessed to get listeners to this show from 153 countries around the world. So people are just being introduced to Mike Burke for the first time. They're going to jump in with both feet and say, I want to get this guy's EP. Mm -hmm. It's not going to matter that they haven't heard the two singles. So I, I like that strategy. I, I like the way that you explain that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's that, that's definitely the plan. <laughs> Do you want to tell just kind of in a in a 25 words or less description, you, you said this EP sort of tells a story. Do you want to kind of share what that story is that it tells across those four songs? Yeah, absolutely. It's it, it's really, um, I guess the, the best way to put it as is that, you know, relationships are hard. Life is, you know, difficult sometimes on on the road. And, you know, for instance, first song, Born Alone, My Dream is, um, you know, pursuing your dream. And uh, when you do what you love, everything else will fall into place. Um, you know, for instance, in this, the second song is about, you know, relationships and finding someone you connect with. And then, um, you know, the, the following song is that, you know, talking about having difficulty in relationships, but growing individually. And then the final song is really um, so much love. It's just there's, you know, times are hard and, you know, people feel down sometimes, but there's always love out there for people. You know, there's always, um, there's always someone out there who loves you and cares about you and wants to listen and help. Nice. Nice. Sorry. That, that was, that was way more than 25 words. That's okay. That. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a step back here and have you tell the audience about your 2019 so they can understand how you got to present day and this new EP. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in in 2019, I was um, that's when I was you know spending time between Florida and Los Angeles, uh, and that's that's when I wrote you know uh, Born to Love My Dream, and I I didn't put out any music that year. I I, I took a step back, and um, I was really trying to you know I guess find my motivation again, and maybe I, I because I didn't want to do music, you know, it's just kind of just kind of one of those points where you question things. Um, and I that year I also left Los Angeles, left Orlando, moved to Nashville. Um, I, I didn't know a lot of people here, so I'm just kind of jumping into the music scene. And, um, I was still trying to find myself as an artist and a songwriter, um, and kind of, um, you know, figuring out what I wanted to say and who I was. Um, you know, it's something I feel my genre is kind of a mix of all the genres I love. You know, so I was finally able to kind of put that out there. Um, yeah, just kind of discovering myself, meeting new people, and learning who I am as an artist and uh, what I wanted to say. I guess really. And so for the audience, I'll repeat, in the intro, I mentioned that Mike had more than 53,000 streams of his music last year on Spotify. And as you just heard him say, despite not putting out any new releases last year. So congratulations, Mike, because obviously that's a product of the hard work that you had done to to get yourself to that point where you had people on board. I'm talking about a, a fan base, a listener base that were already listening to Mike Burke music despite, as I said, the fact that you didn't put anything out. So that, that had to be probably a real shot in the arm for you because it's a big adjustment to all of a sudden up and move to Nashville, as you said, not knowing a ton of people there, and yet still seeing your music, you know, having the, the success that it did, as I mentioned. Yeah, it, it absolutely was. It was uh, I, I've had such an incredible support group, um, you know, through, you know, I, I lived in New York for a while, Los Angeles. I'm from Boston originally. I have a, a incredible friends and family that always have been such fans of my music, you know, that they've really kind of spread it around. And, um, I, I also won a competition in 2018 with uh, Southwest Airlines that kind of propelled 
things as well. So that that, that kind of helped me kind of move on uh, in 2019 to where even though I didn't release music, I was still able to you know reach a lot of a lot of people. Yeah, listeners, I should mention uh, what he's referring to: 2018 Southwest Airlines artist on the rise. But so you started to go to the following place a little bit. So so let's go deep. For those who are just being introduced to you, obviously there's going to be Mike Burke fans, Mike Burke followers, Mike Burke supporters who are going to listen to this interview. But for those that are just being introduced to you for the first time, talk about your upbringing, because it sounds to me like you were predestined to end up doing music. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, my, my mother would certainly say I was anyway. Yeah, she's the number one fan. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in a very uh, you know normal household. It was a, you know, like I said before, it was a two family house outside of Boston. Um, my cousins were above myself and my two sisters and my parents were below. Um, and I, you know, I started playing music at a young age. My older sister played uh, piano. So I was, we're just 18 months apart. So I had to do everything she did clearly because I tried to emulate her. So I, I started taking piano lessons at a young age and moved on to different instruments and uh, always just kind of um, sang and wrote songs in my room and not really performed or anything. I, I just never really thought of it. It's just kind of something I like to do. Um, and then, you know, senior year of high school, I, I sang at a talent show and it was the first time I really performed in front of people. And I, I just really, really enjoyed it. Um, so then I, I didn't never really thought about music for a career either. I just always kind of, you know, did it for fun. And I went to college and, um, in, in Connecticut at Quinnipiac University and uh, got an economics and math degree. And after that, um, I moved to New York and was on Wall Street for about eight years doing finance, um, still playing music and writing music and playing at night at different clubs around the city. Um, and I, I, I hit a point um, where I just really, you know, I was questioning what I was doing. You know, it, it, like I, I, I hit a point where I knew I wanted to do music, but uh, I don't know why I wasn't. I was just afraid, I guess, to take that leap. Mm. Um, so finally I, I did, um, and I moved to Los Angeles and left finance and went to pursue music full time. So we, when you say you questioned what you were doing, you mean you questioned what you were doing during the day, not you questioned the music that you're doing at night. Oh, correct. Yeah. It, it was really, uh, I knew that I was, you know, of course it's on wall street. So you're working 15 hours a day. You know, it's a very encompassing, uh, career. And I was when I wasn't. I loved what I did, but I, I wasn't happy. I knew that there was something missing. And then I kind of figured out. I had like an aha moment um, that it was music. You know, I do this thing at night, every night, writing and playing out on the weekends. And why would I not want to do that all the time? Was it literally an aha moment? As in, I was playing a gig at insert venue here in New York, and the following happened, or was it just kind of a you know, one day I just had a, a heart to heart with myself and, and kind of realized, you know, what am I doing? Uh, it was actually, I, I, I'm lucky enough to have a, a core group of friends from kindergarten um, that we were super close with. We all went to different schools, but ended up living in New York together. And uh, at one point, a couple of them sat me down and were like, um, what are you doing? <laughs> They're like, if you don't pursue music, you know, by the time you're, you know, whatever age, like we're, we're going to kill you. Like, what are you, what are you thinking here? Like, wow. you know, and that, uh, then I was like, okay, you know, wow. All right. Maybe I, maybe I will, you know? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, so even though we played a song of yours at the beginning, and as I said, we'll be playing another one at the end, just talk about the style of your music a bit, because you mentioned about growing up in a musical family in Boston and, it is said that the genres of music that you listened to growing up ran the gamut. And so on paper, you're described as a singer-songwriter with soul, rock, and country influences. But just kind of describe it in your own words 
for the listeners. I, I always like to think of the artist who is looking at a website that he or she is putting themselves on. And there's this drop down where you can only pick one genre of what your music is. And you go, oh, gosh, I, I actually don't know. <laughs> how badly, how badly do I have to so be on times. this website after all? <laughs> right, right. That's so true. Just over that That's, one question. Like you hit the nail on the head. That question's so a true. deal breaker. I don't want your website. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up listening to um, Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder, uh, Bonnie Raitt, uh, you know, music that my folks listen to and even, you know, like doo-wop and, you know, the, the, the penguins and that sort of thing. And, um, and then as I grew, I, you know, kind of found my own music. I loved hip hop and, um, you know, rock and Aerosmith and then, you know, stuff like Raylan Montaigne and Chris Stapleton. So it's, wow. I guess it's, it's, it's kind of a mix between, um, yeah, you know, I, I guess between like a, a bluesy Ray Charles, a, uh, a soulful Ray Montaigne and like a alt country kind of Chris Stapleton kind of thing. Okay. Okay. Well, so then I introduced you at the beginning of this episode as a singer, songwriter, and guitar player, but in what order did you first start to do those three things? And, and I guess, you know, like at what ages and then kind of walk us through the timeline of, of how that all came together. Mm -hmm, sure. Uh, actually my first instrument was uh, piano. Oh. Um, I started taking pianos when I was about five or so. Um, and I, I, my, I kept wanting and wanting to take lessons. Like I said, my older sister was taking them, but uh, the teacher, you know, wouldn't let me because I, I mean, I couldn't even read words. Yeah. I was five years old, you know, but, um, so finally she, you know, allowed me and that sort of thing. So I, I started playing piano then. And then, um, guitar was probably around 12 years old. Um, and once I found guitar, I, I started singing more. Mm. Um, I started a little bit with piano. I, I learned to write songs on piano and, um, wow. I started to kind of, you know, sing, you know, different things. It wasn't, it was just, I didn't like to do it in front of people, I guess. So in my family room, in the living room of the house, I didn't really want to sing and play in front of anybody, you know? So once I started playing guitar, I really, I was able to like be in my room by myself. And I realized that I really enjoy singing. Um, and I really enjoy writing. So I just kind of started to, you know, put it all together. I, I didn't even know what it was. I, I thought that every song on the radio was someone who wrote it and sang it. That's cause that's all I ever really, yeah. that that's what I was doing. So that's all I thought there was, you know? Um, yeah. So is there still piano for you today or is it, I abandoned the piano once I picked up the guitar? <laughs> no, I, I love the piano. Absolutely. Piano. I can play that all day long. I, I, I absolutely love piano. Um, oh. I, I'm, yeah, I, if I could, I don't know if I could choose between piano and guitar because they're they're both so different and so such have different sounds and emotions coming out of them. But mm. um, yeah, I I love piano. I also play harmonica and a couple of different string and wind instruments and saxophone, clarinet, stuff like that. Wow. So, yeah, my mom used to rent me. You know, every there was a, a music store in town, and uh, I'd you know come home from school and I'd go to the music store and you know I would just be you know like can I rent an instrument and the guy would give me it to me at a cheap price, you know, cause I'm just a kid doing it for two weeks and used to rent like, you know, a, a fiddle or a banjo or, you know, just different kind of instruments and take them home and try to figure out how to play them. I'm literally editing my own script as you're talking and changing guitar player to multi-instrumentalist. Wow. Wow. <laughs> no, I, I'm not saying I'm good at all these instruments, but I can, <laughs> I can probably squeak Mary had a little lame and a few other things out of them, but you know, other than that. Right on. <laughs> I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville by singer, songwriter, 
watch this, multi-instrumentalist Mike Burke. <laughs> Visit his official <laughs> website at mikeburkmusic.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. And then at the bottom of his website, there are links to connect with Mike on social media. So Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. There's also a link there for Mike's music on Spotify. And he's even on SoundCloud too, which are two of the many platforms that you can also find the show on. However, the best way to support Mike is to purchase downloads of his music from iTunes. Be sure to keep up with him online for all things Mike Burke music. I mentioned earlier in the show about the Patreon. Check out the bonus audio, which is ad-free. Go to the show website, nhte.net, and hit the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button. It's only 5 bucks a month. Hear more from Mike Burke and bonus content for the previous 24 episodes of the show. I also want to say thank you for those that have been supporting Now Hear This Entertainment by way of your regular everyday purchases on Amazon. I've started to see some of that activity coming in via the monthly emails that they send me. Feel free to email me yourself at podcast at nhte.net to let me know that you are buying from Amazon through their banner on my show website. Remember, it's no extra cost to you. All you have to do is just go to the show website, nhte.net, scroll down to the tall Amazon banner, and then once you click that, it will open their shopping app if you're on your phone, or it'll open their website if you're on your computer. Either way, at the end of the transaction, they will kick back a small percentage of the sale to me, which helps with the expenses I have for putting out a new episode of the show every week. And remember, it's totally private. All Amazon tells me once a month is how much they're kicking back to me. That's it. I don't know who bought through them or what you purchased. So anyhow, thanks for your support of the show through the exclusive ad-free bonus audio on Patreon or by starting your online shopping through my Amazon banner. Mike, I want to know all about your having performed in France, but also tell the audience why that was not all that random. Um, yeah, I, I actually, I've been um, speaking French fluently since kindergarten. Wow. Um, I actually, I, uh, there was a, you know, outside Boston, a small town, uh, where superintendent of schools was really big on foreign language, and he started a pilot program uh, for French immersion which was something you could put your child into um, and they would speak French all day, uh, you know, math, science, everything like that from kindergarten until third grade. Um, and then third grade, you had English half a day, French the other half. And then once you started changing classes in high school, you would just be in a different, a separated French class um, than, you know, everyone else when they started taking languages in, you know, sixth or seventh grade, what is there. Um, so myself and my two sisters were in this program. And um, so I've been, uh, you know, writing songs in French and singing in French and um, that, that sort of thing since I was younger. Mm. Um, it's funny, everyone always asks, you know, are you, when I went to college, I, I thought this was such a normal thing that it was all, that <laughs> this was everywhere. I didn't know it was like a pilot program. So my <laughs> college friends are like, well, are you French? And I was like, uh, no, I'm Irish. They're like, are your parents French? I was like, they're like self-Boston Irish. I mean, no, no way. They're not, they can't speak a lick at all, you know? Um but so, so I was in Los Angeles, that sort of thing. And then um, I you know, got hooked into uh, this group and we, um, it's a Fête Musique is a uh, festival that happens every year in June in Paris. Um, and it does also Midem, which is in Cannes every year, which is kind of an expo for uh, the music industry. Uh, so we went over to, and played in uh, at Midem and Cannes. Uh, and then we went up to Paris and played Fête Musique and 
kind of toured around Europe a little bit and it was fun to sing, you know, in English and in French. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, it was an incredible experience. It was so much fun. Mm. Are you saying the word con is in the con film festival? Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's just a, a month earlier as they have the music festival essentially down there. Okay. Okay. Wow. Wow. Is that still something that you would do today or is it, I did it a couple of times in the past and it's, it's not anything I'll go back to. Oh, I, I would absolutely love to do it again. Yeah. That's it's, it's really fun to, um, especially to play, you know, songs I've written or songs I've released to kind of translate them and play them in French. Mm. Um, you know, I've kind of grown, uh, you know, kind of a little following in, you know, France and some other, um, French speaking areas. And it's, it's really fun to, um, you know, to, to speak with them and to, you know, see how they like the French translations of the songs and that sort of thing. Or I do a song, you know, half in English, half in French, that kind of thing. It's wow. a lot of fun. Wow. Well, I've got to plead ignorant on this one, but I was told that I should ask you about having also, quote, played the iconic Live in the Vineyard Wine Festival, end quote. And, yes. I, and I'm sorry to say that I actually don't know what that is. <laughs> it's a uh yeah live in the vineyard is an event in napa every year they have uh live in the vineyard and youngville live and it's uh it's pretty much um three or four days of um of music and uh, wine tastings music uh, they have huge venues at, at the vineyards and same thing in youngville which is right next to napa uh you know they have bringing great chefs and you know, so, so much amazing wine and um, that was partnered with Southwest Airlines. That's when I won the Southwest Airlines competition, and they flew me to uh, Live in the Vineyard to open for some artists there. And I think uh, Jewel played there that year. Uh, Matt Carney, um, I think uh, Carly Pierce, uh, you know, a, a few of those artists, that sort of thing. It was a pretty wild experience. Um, and yeah, Live in the Vineyard is so much fun. And if if you can attend, I absolutely if you like wine and you can attend i would certainly go it's, it's great <laughs> or if you don't like wine but you really really like music then you should go <laughs> yes absolutely yeah it's, it's not it's not mutually exclusive either it can be one or the other absolutely <laughs> well you know i mentioned that you got to perform at the bitter end and at rockwood music hall and, and they're both in new york obviously and, mm -hmm. and so you talked about working on wall street and, and the time that you spent there and obviously in the grand scheme of things, Boston is considered a hop, skip, and a jump away from New York. I was going to ask you how you ended up all the way out in L.A. such that you were able to play at the Hotel Cafe, but it sounds like, and, and I'm, I'm going towards a question here, it sounds like you're essentially saying that, am I right that you got to two points in your life where it was, okay, I need to go all in with music. The first was, even though I'm here in New York, which yours truly considers one of the three major music markets in the U.S., you decided, okay, I'm going to quit the Wall Street thing, go all in with music, and you moved to L.A., and then you already told us that last year you got to the point where you said, I need to move this whole L.A. Orlando operation and just be a full-time Nashville guy. Is that how how this all went? Am I getting this correct? Yeah, yeah, that's that's very correct. Yeah, I was in Los Angeles for, um, it was only the last year or so in Los Angeles when I was in uh, Orlando splitting time. For the, the rest of my time there, about five or six years, I was in uh, L.A. full-time. But what is, it, what is it about L.A. that made you say, I need to go there instead of staying in, like I said, what I consider to be? I mean, if, you, if you're going to do music and be serious about it, you're going to be in Nashville, L.A. and New York. Mm -hmm. So why not just say, I'm going to abandon Wall Street and I'm going to go all in with my music and stay here in New York? What what made you decide I got to go across the country to do it? Sure. Uh, I, I think I was I was looking for a, a big change. 
Um, I've been moving. I've been wanting to move to California the last few years, um, or I was I was thinking about it anyway. Uh, a couple of my friends moved out there um, that were in New York previously, and uh, I love the beach. I, I grew up, you know, going to Cape Cod, you know, every summer, then that kind of thing. Spent so much time there, and I just. Um, I just love being near the ocean and just the, the weather out there. You know, whenever I visited, I was just like, wow, this is, you know, un- unbelievable. Um, and there were a couple opportunities when I went out before I went out there. I started, you know, speaking with some people, uh, some producers and that sort of thing before I moved out once I made the decision to leave New York. Um, and for a good amount of the, the time, the first year or so, I kind of split my time between L.A. and New York. I didn't really know a lot of music people in New York. Um, and it's the my style and that sort of thing wasn't as as big as other styles were in New York. So okay. I okay. I was still very green, I guess, and I, I didn't really know too much. And um, so I a combination of um, knowing some people out in Los Angeles and wanting to be with that weather big time. <laughs> um, that's what really propelled. And as you just said, you know, not feeling like you really fit in in New York the way that you were going to be in Los Angeles. So um, right. I'm gonna right. I'm gonna take a guess here. You also performed. At Nationals Park, which of course is the stadium in our nation's capital where the Washington Nationals play baseball, and you performed at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. I'll take a shot in the dark and yep. say, were those national anthem performances? That they were. Yep, hit the nail on the head right there. <laughs> uh, but for, but yep. for the Staples Center, for, for what team though? Because they have what at least at least three sure. teams that play there that I know of. Yeah, I actually did uh, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the uh, LA Kings. So wow. all, all three that were in there. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I thought you were just going to say I did a I did a Kings game one time, but you did all. Of them. Wow. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, I did a few different times uh, throughout the, a few years span there with those um, uh, with, with with those different teams. It was so much fun. Such a, a wild experience. Wild experience. Okay, so then let me kind of pose the same question back to you as it relates to the move to Nashville. So. You know, what was it about L.A. that didn't end up being what you wanted it to that you decided to say, I'm going to take this to Nashville now instead? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess it was really with uh, Los Angeles. It was um, it, the, the music scene is uh, great there. It's unbelievable. And I I didn't know too much about songwriting. I, I guess that that was my biggest thing is I, I didn't really know that um, because I didn't really grow up in bands. I didn't really know a lot of musicians growing up or have friends, you know, it was all like really played sports and stuff like that. So I, I never really knew, you know, playing in a band or with other people or writing songs. And once I, my younger sister moved to Nashville, um, probably about five years ago. So it was probably, about, she was here for about three years before I started looking to it. Um, and I would come and visit her and I would just be blown away that, you know, it's, there's two sides. It's like, I, I've been, and I've always kind of gone back and forth with this. So it's, to whether to be an artist or to be a songwriter. And the folks have always told me to, you know, you got to choose one. You, you can't be both, you know. Um, and after I kind of, I thought that was kind of an old school way of thinking. So after I kind of realized that I, I want to do both, um, I really kind of looked to, you know, what is the songwriting capital of, you know, uh, at least what I think anyway, it's, it's Nashville. Um, and there were just some opportunities that kind of, you know, presented themselves and I, um, I love LA and, and everything out there and I, I'll, you know, be splitting my time ideally, um, you know, in the next year or so. Um, but, but really it's just the, the opportunities that were here and I came here and just fell in love with going anywhere and hearing rounds and it wasn't just cover songs all the time. It was yeah. people's yeah. written songs, you know, and it's, it was great. It was great. Well, listeners, you know that we've been 
building up to it. And indeed, Las Vegas is back open for business while we're talking about some of the major entertainment markets in the U.S. They reopened last week, Thursday, June 4th, and actually downtown. So Fremont Street, if you're familiar with that part of town, that's what opened first. And then with regards to the Strip, some of the real giants out there only intended to open, say, two or three of their properties first, but the demand became so great that they ended up deciding to go all in, to use the Las Vegas term, and open up more. I know all of this because I was reading it in the Access Vegas newsletter. They were also explaining in there about hotels and casinos adapting to measures aimed at holding off the spread of COVID-19. Plus, there was a mention of the status of live shows. You can get all of this information, too, by going to my show website, nhte.net, and clicking on the Access Vegas logo, and then go sign up for their newsletter, and be sure to put in the code BRUCE at sign up to get $5 off. Instead of looking at websites for the newspaper out there and the TV stations out there, which are going to do what they do, which is report news and not serve as a resource for navigating and maximizing your trip to Las Vegas, sign up instead to get insider tips and savings from Access Vegas. Again, go to my show website, nhte.net, click on the Access Vegas logo, and then go sign up with the code BRUCE to get $5 off. Mike, some places down here in Tampa have reopened to the point of having live music. How are things there in Nashville for live music? I'm talking about, obviously, the pandemic. And are you possibly starting to plot out some live dates for the second half of 2020, whether it's in Nashville or out of town? Yeah, I mean, the the, uh, the honky tonks have recently opened up. And uh, I know all the, the venues around here for playing, you know, writer's rounds and that sort of thing have uh, opened up with different restrictions of having two on stage at a time and uh, that, that sort of thing. So they're, they're slowly starting to open up. Uh, and I'll definitely, um, you know, in the next few weeks or so, you know, start playing rounds again and start looking to book different dates, um, whether here in Nashville or I, I had a lot of dates that were in New York and Los Angeles prior to all this happening. Um, so really dependent on when those are, um, you know, reopened as well and that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't have anything planned as of yet, but I'll certainly be looking to, um, you know, to, to book more venues Um in the coming future, along with, you know, different live streams that I've been doing since uh, since we all, since this whole started here. So clarify something for me. You have been named an NSAI writer to watch multiple times. Is that simply in the time since you moved to Nashville, or were you already an NSAI member before you moved to Nashville and you were getting that honor previously? Uh, I was an NSAI member prior to Nashville. I, I started um, working with them uh, when I was in Los Angeles. Um, and I started submitting songs and, you know, doing online feedback. It's a, it's a really incredible organization um, just to kind of, you know, get your feet wet and learn, you know, some more about songwriting and about, um, you know, and, and meet different songwriters and get feedback really is the, you know, the biggest thing. And once I moved to Nashville and I really just embraced it so much more, I have weekly meetings and, um, you know, everyone's just so nice and welcoming, and, uh, you know, there for the songwriting community. And for those of you that actually don't know what NSAI is, it stands for Nashville Songwriters Association International, and you can find them at nashvillesongwriters.com. I've always been a big fan of NSAI, and, and they do really provide a lot of great services for their members. So if you're a beginner songwriter, it's definitely an organization that you want to look into. Mike, I noticed that 
on YouTube, you have primarily either audio videos or lyric videos. Is there a reason for that? Is there any plans now that the EP is out to maybe do a, a proper music video? Yes, absolutely. Um, for a, a couple of songs, we're looking to do um, a couple different music videos. Um, we wanted to release this first and then, you know, bring some video, of course, so you can hear it on YouTube. Um, so we wanted to have it there, you know, presence on YouTube. But also uh, for these songs in particular, um, we're definitely looking to music videos. And I have, um, you know, of course, older covers and, you know, that sort of fun stuff on YouTube as well from the past years. Nice, nice. Well, we're going to close today with another song from the new EP, a track called Feeling. Mike, before we record extra conversation for the bonus content available only through Patreon, tell the listeners all about this song, please. Yeah, Feeling is really uh, finding someone that you just, you know, connect with. Um, I was in Los Angeles and I was sitting at a bar and, um, you know, someone came up and just sat down and it's just, it was just kind of a, just a connection, you know, right away. And that's a, you know, you kind of feel a feeling, you know, it's, um, it's something that, you know, we've all hopefully, you know, felt, if not, you know, you, you'll know it when you do. Um, and it's just kind of, you know, the beginning of, uh, you know, a relationship or, you know, when something's new and fresh and it's, uh, it's just exciting. But is it meant as a relationship song, meaning a boy and a girl, or is it, no, it could just be someone that you just make a nice connection with and you write songs with them or you become friends with them or, or whatever? Uh, it can definitely just be for any kind of connection, you know, whatever that connection is, whether it's friendship, relationship, uh, you know, just a songwriting or a kinship kind of thing. It's just just really when you get a feeling that you connect with, with someone else on a certain level. Which I guess an argument can be made that it makes the song that much more marketable because it's open to interpretation by a broader audience. Yes. Sure. Absolutely. Well, Mike, this has been great. Thank you for your time. Uh, good to quote-unquote meet you, and uh, congratulations <laughs> again on the new EP. Thanks so much, Bruce. I really appreciate you having me here. This is great. You bet. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist Mike Burke. Do visit his official website at mikeburkmusic.com and then engage with him on social media. So that means like his Facebook page, follow him on Twitter and Instagram. I did all of that myself earlier today. Subscribe to his YouTube channel and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell Mike that you heard him and his music. I now hear this entertainment. Remember that while, yes, you can also follow him on Spotify, the better way to support Mike is to purchase downloads of his music from iTunes or Amazon. Keep up with him on social media for all things Mike Burke music, including, as you just heard him talk about, new videos that you should be on the lookout for. Again, Mike and I will have more conversation over in the bonus content that's only available exclusively through Patreon. There's already similar audio up there from the last five months worth of guests. It's only five bucks a month and it's ad free and that's the only place you can get it. Go to the show website, nhte.net, hit the orange colored support us on Patreon button and that will take you to where you can gain access to the exclusive content. Remember also about scrolling down on nhte.net to the tall Amazon banner to start all your shopping through them that way so that they can kick back a small percentage of the sale to help me with all the expenses that I have for doing this show every week for what has been more than six years now. There is no extra cost to you for doing that. For now, that will do it for episode 331. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Mike Burke. This is the one he just talked about called Feeling. Sitting here thinking about what it 